Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, good news note, I just heard from Chris Phillips, the Scambia County uh, traffic engineer. Uh, he said that the issue with that controller that is at uh, the Atmore cutoff on US 29 has been fixed, so yay, good news. Uh, Julio Diaz is the uh, host of the Pensacola Movie Club. They see movies typically on Thursday night on Facebook. I mean, they... They, they organize on Facebook, then they meet at the actual movie theater. And then, of course, Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock on Saturdays when there's not an FSU game. Julio, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Andrew. And yes, I, I, Let's Go Pensacola will be on tomorrow, although it will be a short show. It'll only be a half an hour instead of an hour. Excellent. Very good reminder. Uh, would you guys watch uh, Godzilla Minus One? Yeah, I've actually seen two movies. They did uh, they did an early access screening of Godzilla minus one on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So I saw saw that on Wednesday, and then we'll talk about the other movie I saw in just a minute. But uh, yeah, Godzilla minus one is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, great! Uh, th- this is uh, it. Might be my new favorite Godzilla movie. It, I mean, it, like standing toe to toe with the, the original, and uh, I think that's kind of interesting to, to note because. It's a movie that does harken back to the original. This is uh, uh, Minus One is kind of meant to be like an origin story. It is set in the set in, uh, starting during World War II and in the early days of Japan following World War II and has to do with, you know, the first first encounter with Godzilla and how Godzilla comes to, uh, you know, be, you know, Great. The, the the monster we all know Godzilla to be. Uh, it, uh, unlike a lot of these Godzilla movies, you know, there's a lot of these movies where you're like, yeah, I don't care about the humans. Let's just have the the monsters fight. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. The human story is actually really great in this too. Oh, okay. Uh, so so it's it's a it's a story that's worth following, and it looks absolutely phenomenal. This is one of the best looking Godzilla movies we've seen. It doesn't have the big flash of the American movies that we've seen recently, but it, it, it looks like a million bucks. It's it's So there's it's, something I, I, there's I, something blockbuster but not Michael Bay about it. There there's something blockbuster about it. There's something that is a is a real true absorbing story with allegory oh, and nice. actual thought to it. Uh, I, I love this movie, man. It's been on my mind since Wednesday. Great. Well, you know, stop selling. I'm going. Uh, yeah. Dream Scenario is the other one you guys watched? Yeah, and I should say real quick one more thing about Godzilla Minus One. Yes, it is a Japanese film. It is in Japanese. You're going to have subtitles here. Oh, okay, so I'm going to have to read my okay. way through the monster film. Still worth seeing yeah. by far, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. Dream Scenario? Yeah. yeah, Dream Scenario is the new film starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, this is Nicolas Cage kind of in the... Uh, the adaptation mode, kind uh, of that like quirky okay. Charlie Kaufman, Michelle, Michelle Gondry kind of kind of mode. Although it it doesn't really feel derivative of those movies, and it really does feel like it goes in its own way. Uh, he plays a college professor who one day starts showing up in people's dreams all around the world, and uh, he becomes this like viral celebrity because of it. Uh, and then things take a dark turn. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really interesting movie. It's going to give you a lot to think about and a lot to debate. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's completely successful with what it's trying to say or very clear on what it's trying to say. But it, but it's really really good. I really 
I really enjoyed the film. Great performances. Nick Cage is phenomenal in it. Okay. Uh, like I said, this is this is like the the Oscar Nick Cage, not the I'm paying the paying the taxes of Nick Cage. All right. What about uh, Silent Night, the film that? Uh, uh, well, you tell me. So this is uh, this is the next film that we're going to spend the next you know thirty forty years arguing about whether it's a Christmas film like we do about <laughs> Die Hard and Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, it, it is a film that's set at the holidays, but it's an action film uh, by John Woo, who we haven't oh. seen do a film in quite some time. Yeah. So. That's kind Based of Based off of Placement uh, Killer's classic action movies. Go on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, uh, the, the lead character played by Joel Kinnaman is a father who's lost his son and lost his voice in the process, hence Silent Night. Uh, okay. And at the holidays, he's looking to take revenge on the the people that killed his son. Uh, getting okay reviews, running about, uh, running between 65-70% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. What about The Shift? That's also out? Yeah, this is uh, a science fiction film that is basically a science fiction retelling of the story of Job. Uh, this oh. is a faith-based faith-based film, so it's uh, it's you know got that kind of kind of audience uh, expectation for it. But uh, but they actually have screened this one for critics, and it's it's getting okay reviews, around sixty percent around. And then the last one, a lot of stuff out today: the Renaissance, the tour movie from Beyonce. A couple of weeks after we got the tour movie from from uh, Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the Taylor Swift movie is still playing, so they you, you can't could possibly go see something you can't see in real life—a Taylor Swift Beyonce double bill if you so choose. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know, this is a big concert film with a with one of the preeminent artists of our day. If you like her, you're going to see it. If you don't like her, you're probably not going to see it. Uh, but uh, very sparse reviews on this so far. But all the reviews so far are very much positive. Sure. And I mean, as you said, if you're a fan, you're going to love it. And if you're not a fan, you're probably not going to be converted by the movie, I wouldn't think. What are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, well, we have the new uh, new uh, animated film by Hayao Miyazaki in Studio Ghibli uh, called The Boy and the Heron uh, that uh, is, you know, probably going to be your, your animated feature Oscar this year is going to be between that and Across the Spider-Verse. So uh, oh, okay. this is going to be, Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that. We'll be checking that out next week. And that, again, will be in Japanese with subtitles. So uh, we're to go, going for a twofer back-to-back there. Uh, but uh, looking forward to that next week at uh, AMC on W Street. Follow them on Facebook, the Pensacola Movie Club. Listen to an abbreviated Let's Go Pensacola tomorrow at 4 o'clock here on News Radio. Julio, always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Adrian. Next week we're back to full full schedule on Let's Go Pensacola also. Oh, so okay, full, great. Full, Full show starting next week. Outstanding. All right, Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? Okay, we're not looking too bad out there. I-10 and I-110 checking in clear. Highway 90 through Milton and Pace, no accidents reported. Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point is a little slow, uh, starting just before the light at Avalon, Garson Point, leading up to Gulf Breeze proper. Scenic Drive in both directions is a little slow at Addison Drive. That's about halfway between Highway 90 and East Olive Road, headed east. Um, crews are replacing a guardrail in that area, but really uh, not not too bad on the map this morning. If you see anything out there slowing you down, text 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, and dependable. A lot of love goes into a Subaru, and thanks to the 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, a lot of love comes out, too. Right now, when you purchase or lease a new Subaru, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of four nationally recognized charities. The ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. 
Or choose our local charity, the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association, and Anderson Subaru will donate an extra $150 to Subaru's donation. And for every routine Subaru vehicle service visit, Anderson Subaru will donate $5 more to the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association. So far, we've donated over $140,000 to help fight breast cancer in Pensacola. Be a part of something bigger at the Subaru Share the Love event, November 16th through January 2nd. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. $250 donation for new purchase or lease. Promotion ends January 2nd. See retailer or andersonsubaru.com slash share for details. Marcus Point Baptist Church invites you to a Christmas celebration for the whole family. The spirit of Christmas has been a Pensacola tradition over the past 30 years. This year, our special guest will be Joe Kennedy, the praying coach. While we're celebrating, your kids will have a blast with our kids' ministry, plus a free meal for the whole family. It's all happening December 10th at 10 a.m. at any of our three campuses in Pensacola, Beulah, and North Pace. For more information, visit PensacolaChurch.org. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Berman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Berman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Berman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. The Pensacola Expert Panel. Pep Talk, mornings 9 till 11 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. The first remembrance this week is for Holden Armenta, the young Chiefs fan who wore an Indian headdress and black face paint to the Kansas City football game last week. As Deadspin properly noted, his attire was cultural appropriation and nobody should be wearing blackface under any circumstances. Now, we do acknowledge that Deadspin may have missed some key facts in the story. First of all, he wasn't actually wearing blackface, but simply had painted half of his face black and the other half red as a sports fan because those are Chiefs colors. Nevertheless, remember the first rule of cancel culture. Always stand with your fellow cancelers. Once Deadspin condemned it as blackface, we were all committed to supporting them. Besides, it's not as if half blackface is really okay, and having half red face while wearing an elaborate feather headdress certainly is anti-indigenous person racism as well. As we often remind our white citizens, just don't wear colors on your face. Half blackface and half red face are just as bad as full blackface or full red face. Blue in Indianapolis, yellow in Green Bay, orange in Illinois, just don't do it. 
Now, yes, we've also learned that this young man's headdress may not be problematic since he actually is of Indian heritage. His grandfather, Raul Armenta, sits on the board of the Chumash tribe in Santa Inez, California. Nevertheless, again, we affirm that once one of our fellow cancelers steps out in faith to condemn a young boy for being racist, we must all stand as one with those who cancel. But let me take time to correct a mistake some of our newer parishioners have been making. I actually overheard someone say that this boy has been the victim of overly aggressive wokeness. I could not disagree more. Remember the prime directive. The most important thing about our agenda is to continually remind people that our agenda is the most important thing. Therefore, if there are not enough major or legitimate offenses to publicize, it is entirely appropriate to exaggerate minor ones and, when necessary, to even fabricate violations so as to continually inflame emotion with the virtue of our cause. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Elizabeth Weiss, the San Jose State University anthropology professor who committed at least two heresies worthy of excommunication. Weiss was invited to the American and Canadian Anthropological Association's annual meeting as a panelist to discuss the subject, Why Biological Sex Remains a Necessary Analytical Category in Anthropology. My own area of expertise is physical anthropology. So I was going to talk about bones and how you tell the difference between males and females and how anthropologists over the years have gotten better at determining who was a male and who was a female. But... Realizing the major error they were about to make, the AAA canceled the panel and explained that, quote, there is no place for transphobia in anthropology. So true. Now, obviously, we celebrate these professional organizations for refusing to discuss any scientific discoveries that might be used to perpetuate the lie that sex difference is a real thing, is binary, and part of our basic anatomy. As we all know, sex and gender are mere constructs, and any science that says otherwise is propaganda from the anti-rainbow enemies of the people of the acronym. But what sins did Professor Weiss specifically commit? First, she did an interview with Fox News, as if any scientist should ever be talking with the enemy so openly. Second, in that interview with the Deplorable Network, she complained that modern anthropology was being driven by activism and not by science. I also do think it is the shift from anthropology as a science to anthropology as an activist field that's problematic. Problematic? We're a bit taken aback by this criticism because it's not a criticism. It's precisely what we've been chanting in favor of all these years. As the great professor monk Jeremy Springleman taught us, when the science fits our values, we tell people to listen to the science. When the science does not fit our values, we must change the science and then tell people to listen to the new and improved science. Science itself does not represent truth. Only science that gets the right answers represents truth. And for Weiss to tell the Fox News audience how bad this is only serves to reinforce their bigoted and backwards opposition to the true authentic and sacred certified inclusion science of the holy acronym string. All hail the acronym string. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, we want to take a moment to praise the robust movement in America to overthrow traditional gender oppression through the use of gender-neutral baby names. Yes, as more of our followers make the choice to reproduce, a choice which we emphasize is non-normative, non-mandatory, and non-superior compared to the equally valid and beautiful choice to deny your biological teleology and remain childless, we celebrate the goodness of not imposing a gender identity upon poor, defenseless babies 
by giving them names that so cruelly reveal to other people their anatomical features without their consent. A recent survey showed that many of the most popular baby names for 2024 are completely gender neutral, such as Collins, Harrison, Coulter, Huxley, Noah, Wren, and Sloan. Finally, parents are choosing to conceal the embarrassing anatomical features of their children from society in order to preserve the tabula rasa of sexuality that is every American baby's human birthright. Oh, glorious liberation from the cisgender binaryarchy. Finally, we are effectively waging war against the bigotry embedded in the structure of our child naming protocols. Soon enough, birth certificates can be liberated from the checkboxes indicating a child's sex assigned at birth. We even dream of a future in which people will stop asking those cruel transphobic questions like, is it a boy or a girl? And do you know what you're having? And are you going to wait to find out what it is? Of course we're going to wait. And not just until birth, but until it tells us what it is, whenever it feels ready to do so. Now, there is another aspect of this baby naming strategy we support, and that's aggressively reassigning traditional male names to girls so as to co-opt them into the feminine leading side of the gender spectrum. Kelly, Francis, Kim, Allison, Carol, Shannon, Drew, Leslie, Austin, Taylor, and so many more have all made the switch from male to female and more are coming, which is good because this undermines the embedded bias that somehow a boy with a girl name is effeminate and unmanly, whereas a girl with a boy name is innovative and chic. Such a view can only be predicated on the misogyny that girls are inferior to boys and that girlishness taints a boy's manliness. Well, I say taint away. Turn all names into girl names so that babies can be free from the cisgender tyranny of sex segregation and the separate but equal gender apartheid our culture currently practices. So good for you parents of Spencers and Aubreys and Carters and Rivers and Ridleys and Fishers everywhere. Continue to conquer the cognitive space through the aggressive use of misgendered names. Let the gender confusion reign supreme. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please drop a note of affirmation in the It Takes a Village box for Becky Morgan, who had made a terrible decision this week, which she felt she had to do. The co-op was temporarily out of plant-based organic spread when she was shopping for her annual non-pilgrim-centric Harvest Moon Festival dinner, and Becky had to use actual cow-derived butter for her sweet potatoes. She felt horrible about it, but didn't want to be judged a bad cook by her mother-in-law. Please forgive her and tell her it'll be okay eventually. Refreshments this week are provided by Jumpin' Jehoshaphat's Breakfast Cafe. Explore the future of protein with 100% natural grasshopper paste. From our savory locusts benedict to jumpers and mash, and even blueberry cricket compote on toast. All of our seven breakfast specials are sure to give you a jump on your day. You can really taste the sustainability. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. Traffic on the fives ish <laughs> <laughs> with Jake. Oh man, I want to try some of that cricket compote. Um, I 10 and I 110 is checking in clear this morning. Highway 90 through Milton and Pace, no accidents reported. Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point, seeing our usual slowdown uh, at the uh, just before the light at Avalon Garcon Point, uh, moving westbound towards proper. Scenic Highway, a little bit slow in both directions at Addison Drive. That's about halfway down uh, when you're headed to uh, East Olive Road from Highway 90. Uh, crews are doing a uh, replacement of a guardrail there. So, but uh, if you have any traffic tips, let us know. 437 1620 News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. All right, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headline. 
Well, uh, Senator Rand Paul being credited with saving Senator Joni Ernst in Iowa yesterday. Paul jumped into action when Ernst started choking on her food during a luncheon, performing the Heimlich maneuver until Ernst was able to breathe again. She posted a thank you message on social media. Meanwhile, fellow Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley posted a photo of an Iowa pork chop. Prior to her choking, almost like That's he was right. telegraphing the move. <laughs> And it looked good. Oh, man. That pork chop. Now now that's all I want. (laughs) I know. What do you have coming up, David? Well, uh, a new poll shows that there could be support for a couple of constitutional amendments details after Fox. Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. Thick black smoke seen at times over Gaza signaling the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is over. We're also hearing automatic gunfire, a sign of clashes on the ground. Remember, there could be thousands of Israeli soldiers there. The strongest strikes have been in the southern part of the Gaza Strip. That is a Hamas stronghold. That's Fox's Greg Polka in Tel Aviv. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Around the world. 700 million people are chronically undernourished. Speaking earlier today at the U.N. climate change event in Dubai, President Biden isn't going, but he was in the holiday spirit. Five, four, three, two, one. The lighting of the National Christmas Tree at the White House. America was listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 831 at News Radio 92.3. A little bit warmer today, 72 degrees, but we do have cloudy skies and the possibility of some rain. We'll get more with our weather forecast in just a few minutes. State Senator Doug Broxson says that fire service taxes are out of whack in Santa Rosa County. He'd like to address that. We have homeowners that are paying $7,000 a year or more for fire service. We have the same value of home in a different part of the county that would pay less than $500. So we wanted to even that out and say, let's have a fair system for everyone. And currently, the fire service tax can vary depending on assessed values, fees, or square footage of a home. Broxson tells Channel 3 he's proposing a flat rate fire service tax where everybody in the county would pay $250. Constitutional amendments that would legalize recreational marijuana and allow abortion until fetal viability would both potentially pass in Florida, according to a University of North Florida poll. The abortion one we have at 62 percent support, 29 percent oppose, which is significant because in Florida you need to get to 60 percent plus one in order for these constitutional amendments to pass. Michael Bender's a UNF pollster. He says 67% of Floridians would likely give a thumbs up to an amendment to legalize recreational marijuana. Well, it would be a Christmas gift for Pensacola police. The shot spotter system reportedly still on track for a mid-December launch. These sensors or microphones, if you will, have to be put in specific locations in order for the system to work properly. We have to get, a lot of times that's on private property, and we have to get uh, permission from the property owner to mount that system on their property. That's PPD's Mike Wood, and he says the city has been working with property owners to get the sensors installed. He says they believe it'll it'll be activated within a couple of weeks. The sheriff's office has already activated their section of shot spotter sensors. Uh, the shot spotter system uses microphones, automatically detects gunshots, and eventually it'll connect to a real-time crime center at the sheriff's office, which will also utilize cameras to gather more information. 
when uh, when it hears gunshots. Florida's Ron DeSantis and California's Gavin Newsom held their big red versus blue debate last night. Gun control was one of the major topics. One dig that Newsom took at DeSantis was uh, on the gun policies in Florida during the debate. Uh, DeSantis said he backed law enforcement. Newsom said that led recent legislation here in Florida was dangerous. After after you sign that concealed carry bill, which increases the likelihood, Fred Gutenberg said, of more Jamies losing their lives and more Parklands, he called you weak, pathetic, and small. Of course, DeSantis fired back and said that uh, public safety in California has people afraid to live there. People are leaving California in droves, largely because public safety has collapsed. And there were a lot of issues discussed, the economy, taxes, book bans. They even talked about Disney. It all happened last night in Georgia. It is 835 at News Radio 92.3. Jake, <laughs> what are you seeing out there on the roads? Well, just uh, showing up on the map just a second ago, North Navy Boulevard at Patton Drive in front of Navy Federal Credit Union and Regions Bank there. Uh, we got a vehicle crash blocking part of the roadway, so if you're headed towards that uh, intersection, just use caution. Uh, otherwise, I-10 and I-110 checking in clear. Highway 90 through Milton and Pace, no accidents reported. Highway 98 westbound, we've got our normal morning slowdown in Tiger Point. Uh, from the light at Garcon all the way up to proper. Uh, Scenic Drive in both directions at Addison Drive. um, That's about halfway down. Uh, I wish we had a video camera in the studio right now. Uh, Cruiser replacing a guardrail. Oh, let me turn. (laughs) Cruiser replacing a guardrail. Um... Uh, I can't even. I can't finish. This is this is just ridiculous. Um, this uh, not, doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what's happening in that we're getting, studio we're right getting now. Getting in the Christmas spirit. Okay, so Craig Heinzman is in here for the rap, and Craig came as you know those inflatable Tyrannosaurus Rex hot costumes. He came as a self-inflating Christmas tree. Merry and Christmas, everybody. It looks a little everybody. bit like the uh, very hungry caterpillar ate Craig, and then ate a fan. <laughs> And then ate a balloon shaped like a Christmas tree is the best I can describe it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then pooped it out before becoming a Check butterfly. Check out the Facebook page when you're <laughs> done here. Oh, All right, awesome. folks, and this is what you've anyway, got to so look forward finish to. Finish your traffic, Jake. Um, yeah, so let me take a we'll picture. We'll get a picture in a minute. I'm taking pictures. Right. Uh, okay, these are live pictures. Um, uh, so I was saying uh, scenic drive in both directions at Addison Drive a little bit slow because crews are replacing a guardrail. Uh, that's going to be about halfway down uh, as you're headed towards East Olive on Scenic. This traffic report is brought to you by Staples Stores. Staples Stores provide innovative product, products and services uh, for small business, remote workers and learners, even teachers and parents. Uh, explore more at your local Staples Store. Uh, 437-1620 is our number. Uh, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's 836. That's the best traffic update I have ever heard. Now it's time for our our weather with channel three warmer and humid weather has arrived here to northwest florida with low temperatures in the mid to upper 60s the next couple of days and highs will be in the 70s through sunday rain chances are here too we'll have a decent chance of showers and thunderstorms throughout the day and evening hours here on friday keep an umbrella close by but the highest chance for rain absolutely has to be overnight into saturday morning so that's when you need to be most weather aware lingering showers will continue through the day on saturday and into sunday that's your weather forecast i'm meteorologist joseph newbauer here at weaar news thank you very much joseph 72 and cloudy in pensacola 72 in golf breeze and 69 in milton
And your money now. Our markets this morning off to a mixed start. The Dow is up 27.06 at 35.977.95. S&P 500 uh, down 8.58 this morning at 45.59.22. The NASDAQ is down 66.49 at 14.159.73. Our 10-year bond rate down uh, just a little bit this morning at 4.34%. Gold prices today down 140 at 2036.70. Silver prices down a bit at 2526. And Bitcoin uh, is up 657.63 this morning at 3840.40. A Florida man facing uh, charges after threatening a mass shooting yesterday at that big cyber truck delivery event in Texas. 29-year-old Paul Overeem of Orlando was arrested. He's charged with making a terroristic threat. Google's expected to begin deleting inactive accounts today. Uh, They'll be deleting photos, calendar entries, emails, contacts, drive documents. The company says they're trying to protect users from security threats. If you've got an account you're worried about, just make sure you log in and send an email. And uh, delivery of Tesla's Cybertruck now officially underway. This is after that event we were just talking about in Austin, Texas yesterday. The cheapest model available costs $61,000. That one, though, won't be available until 2025. The top-of-the-line version called the Cyber Beast coming in at just under $100,000. It's 839. Our next news at 9 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What does Christmas mean to you? Hey, Andrew McKay here, and at Christmas, what I think of is the original greatest miracle of God becoming flesh and living among us, a gift of incomparable size that we were given and out of appreciation for which we give gifts to each other. Merry Christmas. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. (laughs) News Radio 92.3. Formative, local, dependable. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. All right, we are uh, we are all still recovering from um, an America's Got Talent Squidward-esque performance here today by Marcus Point Baptist Church community <laughs> pastor, uh, uh I can't even. Spirit of Christmas, baby. Craig yep. <laughs> Heisman. Also here for the wrap, I have Joy Tsuboka. Did I say it right? I always feel so proud of myself. Close enough. Okay. Oh. Aww. Aww. Well, I didn't come in a costume. You say it. So. You say it. Tsuboka. Tsuboka? Tsuboka. Because she's married to a Japanese guy. It's like she can <laughs> speak the language properly. And all I did was take two semesters of it. Fine. Whatever. I, rebuke taken. Well, at least you're not Joe on the afternoon correcting the producer on how to say Subaru. Yes, yes, Subaru. Yes, Subaru. Yes, Subaru. Subaru. I was just in my Subaru. car cringing the whole oh time. Oh my gosh! I'm just like, oh, you were not go, alone, Joe. Let Let how go. do you say it? How do you say it? <laughs> now we're not going to start. Well, the for American, yeah. it's Subaru. Yeah. How would you say Subaru? It? Subaru. <laughs> Subaru. Subaru. Okay. All right. See, listen to that great pronunciation. It didn't work oh, no, in the, it didn't work in the jingle that, as well. Yeah. Great for an American. 
Okay, we'll put it that way. Okay, thank you. Former uh, public information officer of Santa Rosa County, and I always forget, what's the company now you're working with? Um, Crown Healthcare. Crown Healthcare, Service. that's right. Very good. Uh, so, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Uh, book bans in Santa Rosa County? Anybody? Anybody want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and Escambia, okay. This this seems like the, you can never, you know how like when you're cooking for your kids, if you got more than one, you're doomed to, you're never going to get all the kids happy with the food no. at the same time. And no. if you, if you have true, three, yeah. Your chances are one and eight just by, but you're never going to get all of them happy. It's the same thing with the the kind of the book situation. You know, one county simmers down, the other county becomes on fire. The other county simmers down, the, the first county comes on fire. So between our two counties, somebody's always screaming about a book. And look, it's a serious issue because you shouldn't kids shouldn't have access to porn in the school. I mean, that seems like a fairly basic. Right. But what qualifies as porn versus art versus adult, but for young adults? viewpoint expanding challenging fiction i mean these are all worthwhile questions so joy i know you have strong opinions about this as i would expect you want to share what do you think to me ideas are not dangerous and i know that you kind of you you have a little different take on that but that's okay for our children uh we always went to the library every saturday we went to the library they could pick out whatever they wanted I am not going to tell someone else's child that they have to read a book, but for my children, there were no limits. Beyond, and I, and I was, I was beyond, raised that way. Yeah. you know, things that were like Playboy and and, and things of that nature. Uh, but the bluest eye. Why are we worried about that? I mean, there are very adult topics in some of these books. However, I think that, especially for our high school students, we're forgetting how mature that they are. Um, and, and how exposed they and are. And how the sure. exposed they are. That's the better word for yeah. it. And my concern is if that we try to put this protective bubble around our children, where we continually to do, mm-hmm. when they get faced by an issue that may be covered in this book, whether it be rape, domestic violence, um, gay, transgender, whatever. How are they going to react in real life? Mm-hmm. Because they haven't experienced it in a safe way through a book. They've got they've got no template against which to even begin to process it. Right. And, and so one thing I want to I always like to find points of agreement, and you and I uh, agree about one thing, which is there are limits. Yes. There is a line to be drawn. As you yes. said, Playboy, for example, or yes. you know, you know, sheer pornography. Right. Um, I would assume you know, something like a penthouse letters, you know, something right. that's clearly sexual, sexual. lurid, titillating. Well, all and of I that. think there are some of those books. Yeah, yes. yeah, right. And that's but for, we look for, at women's romance novels. Oh, right. Oh, oh my gosh. Golly. I was reading those when and, I was thirteen. You know, picking are, them up. And, and those I would uh, to me, that is not appropriate. Right. Uh, yeah. And so that's, but that's what I'm getting at is there is a line. So then the question becomes, well, where do you draw that line? And where do you draw it for public school children? Well, and at what age do you draw Which is, and for that's me, what I think, the, I think that's, the argument is. That's that's the point is, and you said your mom you know, took you to the library and you can get whatever you wanted to. And I think that's the key. Banning the books in the school, saying they're not, this is not available at this age for this child through the public school system doesn't mean that it's not available. It just means it's not available in that school's library. It doesn't mean it's not available in the public library or in the public sector. And I think that's where we can at least have that agreement. If, if you as a parent really want your kid to go and, and read a book or you want them to have the freedom to read whatever they want, then absolutely take them to the library. Let them check out whatever they want to read. But what is the school 
putting in front of children. Pro- and I believe we, we think about what age as well. I do think that you have books that we can't just say outright, these ideas, these these concepts have to be not included in the school system because there are kids in upper level education that have the maturity to read and explore issues like rape and those kind of things that you said. But we also know that there's books like was pointed out in the debate last night that are clearly not appropriate for schools. If somebody looks if somebody looks at some of these books and doesn't think, oh my God, well I mean I just don't think that person's in the conversation. But there are a lot of books that are under discussion Mm -hmm. where some people look at it and think, oh my God, and some people look at it and be like, and a bluest eye. You know, for example, Kite Runner. I mean, there's there are loads of books that that have very significant, deep, troubling, emotionally mature themes. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, I think having those books, frankly, in a high school library, accessible to high school students, makes all the sense in the world because I don't want, you know, one of the biggest dangers that conservative parents particularly tend to make is. Shelter your kids until they're 18, and then, God, why did they go crazy when they went to college? <laughs> they're adults. Let them lose. Because, <laughs> you know, you didn't prepare them right. to be able to handle no, the level of freedom that they were going to get. We'll come back to this in a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Well, nothing uh, to speak of going around town this morning. Uh, no major accidents or slowdowns. <clears throat> we do have a vehicle crash uh, blocking the roadway North Navy Boulevard at Patton Drive. That's right in front of the Navy Federal Credit Union and the regions um, at that intersection. Uh, like I said, blocking the roadway there from a vehicle crash just a few moments ago. I-10 and I-110 checking in clear, though. Highway 90 through Milton and Pace, no accidents reported. Uh, also, Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point uh, leading up to proper from that light before uh, Avalon and Garson Point. we got our normal morning slowdown there. Uh, scenic drive in both directions at Addison Drive. That's about halfway down as you're headed towards East Olive Road from Highway 90. Uh, they're replacing a guardrail in that area, so please use caution as crews are on the scene. If you have any traffic info to report, 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks, Jake. Back to Craig Heinzman and Joy Tsuboka. Tsuboka. <sighs> Just Joy. Okay. <laughs> joy will be fine. That's the worst <laughs> rebuke I've ever had. That's, wow. That's, that's mm. yeah. rough. And Daggers. All right, fair enough. Uh, so can I pro- provoke this conversation in a different direction, one that I think never quite gets asked? Uh, you made the comment, you know, my kids can read anything. I was basically raised that way. And, yeah, and, you know, I wouldn't tell another parent what they can't do with their kids. Exactly. If a parent were showing a child, their own child, real video pornography mm-hmm. in the home yep. should that be illegal to me that is child abuse mm-hmm. I, I would say that is child abuse. It, it, it is and and and, and so and the reason I'll i say that is because kids I, I think that there, i think that. i think there are like i think there are even limits to what we would say is okay for a parent to share with their own child sure. i don't love talking about that because i think those limits are pretty high but Again, because I believe ideas matter, because I believe books and pictures matter, there really are things that I would say, even if a parent believes it's okay, they can't be allowed to share that to, to a child, even if it's their own child. I hate having to say it, but I do think there are those limits. Go ahead, Craig. No, I agree completely. And we see the result of that in kids that come in, you know, especially young adults that are trying to have relationships marriage counseling i do a lot of marriage counseling and this is something that comes up a lot pornography is a huge issue yeah amongst uh our our culture that's never getting talked about and some of it was i found my dad's stuff or my dad you know 
hey, hey, son, come check this out. And it, it scars like, at a young age. It completely rewires their brain, and we understand that now. We know that there's science behind the, the use of pornography at young ages to completely rewire someone's brain. So it is a, a form of child abuse, and we do have limits on those kind of things. We don't outright ban corporal punishment, but there is a limit to how far corporal punishment can go before right. it becomes abuse. So, well, but we also have to remember that these are American norms. No, oh, sure. that, okay. there yes, they are. Okay. There's these, a good point. These are American norms. I mean, if we go to other countries, Great have, Britain at least used to. I don't know true today, but had uh, top female nudity on sure. any TV show you'd watch. Yeah. I mean, not that they were on everyone, but it's just there. You'd be turned on. You'd be watching the equivalent of you know NBC at night mm-hmm. at 7:30 prime time on yes. BBC Two or Four, and yes. you would have a topless woman there. Wouldn't even be a thing. Yes, exactly. And the beaches. I, I And um, any time that I've gone to any beach that had high European population, mm-hmm. they were you know, topless or even nude uh, ba- sunbathers. I don't have a problem with that. I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> knock yourself out. Japan can have some, you know, publications that are normal sports publications or news publications that right. have tantalizing photos in them, the vending home, the, machines. The, or, the origin of manga. Yeah. Yes, I mean, well, exactly. that's the, the manga is, a, again, it's, it's big in the big. young adult yes. population. Now, there are adult manga. There, right. yeah. Oh, no, there's, you know, a, there's a whole spectrum. And let me say this about yes. British television. I know for a fact that Gardner's World does not have any nudity in it uh, on the BBC. So we watch that every Saturday. <laughs> Um, and we Britbox produces nothing not on Britbox I've seen show. that I've been like, oh my goodness. But there is true culturally, we we do understand that in America we have different values. And I think that if you travel abroad at all in missions work, we you know go to different countries. And I love taking young kids to different countries to say, hey, Pensacola, America, Florida, it's not everything. Right. There is outside views. There are outside worlds that you must understand and live in. And, and so I do think that there's ways some of doing things that are Correct. perfectly fine. Absolutely. And it, and it and sometimes the outside way is merely different mm-hmm. and sometimes the outside way is wrong. I mean Agreed. Just like the inside way might be merely different and the inside way might be wrong. We have to be open to that possibility, right? We have to always be thinking about sure. the way we've always done it or the norm that we have uh, adopted. You know, we might be the ones in error. It's hard to see your own thing being mm-hmm. wrong when you're so saturated in it, right? Ab- that's absolutely. that's the difficulty. But but back to this issue of you know the schools and the materials that are available to kids again in the so to me okay a lot of this stems from basically the problem of publicly funded education because now things that are very high level flashpoints between individuals sexual norms um, ethical religious behavioral and all of that mm-hmm. stuff stuff that people fight about between one one another mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you've created a context within which that stuff has to be resolved because we have to decide where to set the limits, if at all to set the limits, because not setting them is also a setting of the limits. Absolutely. And so we have the school system where we have these fights by proxy because now all these children are exposed to all of these things or to some of these things, and where do we set that level? Which is hard. I mean, that is hard to navigate. It's hard to figure out what should be the role of religion in school. And, you know, for the people who say, well, that's easy, it's <laughs> Why do we fight about it for 50 years? Because right. it's not so simple to figure that out. So I think I mean, everybody wants kids to grow up healthy. Everybody wants kids to you know, be able to handle the challenges of the adult world when they get there. But it's preparing them for that that can be so challenging. Well, and I think that's why it's so important that books are, 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 are available. Mm. I've been 
I'm such an old white person. I love crime <laughs> podcasts. And one of the oh, crime goodness. podcasts that I'm listening to right now is in Australia, and it's in the 80s. And it talks about, systemically, there was abuse going on in a high school between teachers and students, but nobody said anything mm-hmm. yeah. because you just didn't talk about that kind of thing. Which has been across the board a problem in this country in the last 30 years, whether it's Catholics or the Boy Scouts or people don't don't talk about the Protestant church. It is absolutely a problem in all kinds of environments. So we need to normalize talking about abuse. Yes. And and raising the, you know, if you're, you're, because in a school you've got kid one who's in a great family where none of this happens. And does that kid need to be exposed to that horrific stuff? Probably not. But kid two is being sold to mom's friends at home. Uh, which and is the number which one Which we way, see in which, the news. Which right. is the number one way of human trafficking in That's Pensacola. right. It's we mean, parents. You, I, was, I served for a while on an anti-human trafficking uh, team, and it is family members selling their kids, especially for drugs, in Escambia County. That's what's happening. It's, it is happening in our, in our area. And so how do you give a kid something that will help them be emboldened, be heard, seen that somebody else knows what they're going through. Or a friend that is exposed to it or has a cursory knowledge, and they understand, I need to tell an adult. This Mm -hmm. this is happening. This is wrong. I need to tell an adult. And for me, I know you were saying, well, they can just go to the public library. We have a lot of people, students in Escambia and Santa Rosa County, that can't get to a public library. Right. Transportation is a limit. Right. They, their parents their won't parents take Their parents won't him. get them a card or they don't Well, have, I right. think every kid sure. can get one okay, if they're enrolled enough. in school. But yeah, actually getting there is it can be a problem. Right. So... And, and and let's not, I mean, again, we've, we've brought up some pretty, op, I mean, things that are true, that are bad, that are going on. And let's please not ignore that kids at 13 and 14 are doing all kinds of things with each other. Right, on their sometimes, own. Sometimes, mm-hmm. on their own. Absolutely. Without, I mean, that's happening too. And so the idea that somehow there's this pristine, neutral, careful, protected, sheltered bubble around the, the junior high school, no. let alone the high school, that's a myth that people need to not. But I think that that goes to the sexualization of the culture in general. I think we, yeah, I think we become a, a more highly sexualized culture where, where the sexual identity, no matter how it f- plays out, has become this central piece of of who we are. And you have to define it, and you have to define it early, and you have to explore it early, and it's okay to explore it early. And and sometimes we, we don't protect kids and their innocence in that way, and it's just allowing them the opportunity to. Obviously, I have a, a Christian sexual ethic. I did not follow the Christian sexual ethic as my as a teenager myself, um, even though I believed in it. But but I had, and a lot of us are like that. But here's the thing: not me. I've been perfect my whole life. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if we don't, that's a hundred percent false. So. Exactly. Well, you're not going to meet somebody who is a faith believer that is a hundred percent perfect. That just you just aren't going to do it. But I think we can find a way to allow kids to read about that stuff, but not tantalize it not make it so scandalous not make it there's a way there's a there's a middle road that we're missing i think i think sexual content for sexual content only or for pleasure i, which I, I is don't know which is the pornography right, definition. That's the right. pornography piece of it that is not appropriate for school right definitely and i do think that there are age appropriate limits you don't need to have some things in elementary school i totally agree with that yeah. once you get to high school I just don't see the need for for much limits beyond things that are 
tantalizing. And, well, I, and, and I always think, too, we grew up in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And the 70s. <laughs> right. There were not a whole lot of things that were much more sexualized than those two generations. You ever go back and just watch a Buck Rogers episode? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't watch that. Or Grease? <laughs> You're Please, right, Grease, yeah, go exactly. Back, go back and watch any of the, like, oh, yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I tried to watch oh, no. stuff with my kids. Candles? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, no, oh, my goodness. I did not realize. I didn't realize. Well, no, and, that's right. And, hey, hang on just a second. I need to get Jake in here with another traffic on the files real quick before we uh, come uh, back. Yeah, nothing really to speak of. We okay. had, uh, yeah, you just want to go ahead. We're, <laughs> so, we're well, running up on a time crunch. And, and how many of these moms that are so upset weren't on the stage singing Pour Some Sugar on Me right. back in the right. 80s? Cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry pie, whatever the, I want. The words to is walk this way. Is it Winger? Is it Warren? Is it Winger? Walk this way. I mean, yeah. and, and, just, yeah, I understand that. And, 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 and are you traumatized and damaged, or you know? Well, just look at us. The answer is obviously yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, look at look at poor Craig in the inflatable Christmas tree outfit. Um, it's obvious it's that obvious. he's been traumatized heavily. I'm not saying. And there was a there was an innuendo, but it, there's a difference I think between innuendo and explicit. And I Almost think that's definitely. where we're seeing. We all for, watched for the me, Flintstones and later realized. Oh my God! We watched the Flintstones, you know. I'm, okay, I, I just vitamins on that one. I'm not. I'm not certain on the Flintstones. I have to there go back and look at it. Domestic. So the issues. Flintstones was the cartoon version of the Honeymooners, and sure. the Flintstones mm-hmm. made lots of adult jokes that you didn't get as a kid. Oh, I got to go back then. I have oh, a yeah. Side, yeah. Yeah. oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. And and sort of again to me the the end real problem is you've got some fourth graders who are experiencing adult level trauma in their lives. Yes. And you've got some eleventh graders who are too shy to even mention the anatomical parts of the human body. Sure. How do you set either an educational curriculum or an information access library media collection that's going to properly serve that spectrum? And I I don't know how you do that. Honestly, I don't know how you... That's the challenge. Joy and Craig, thank you for a great conversation. I really, really appreciate it. And Craig, thank you for this Christmas tree outfit. It's amazing. Yes, it's wonderful. Dependable traffic on the fives. Weekdays on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.